What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 120 of the Noise Podcast, part of the Noise Podcast Network, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pierre, and as ever, uh, and unfortunately not in visual form, I'm joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Sam, we just recorded a review of Periphery's uh, new album, P5, Gent is Not a Genre, which is going to come out after this review that we're currently doing now, funnily enough. Um, and it, for some reason, it still feels really weird that I'm not seeing your face respond. I'm not sure how much I like it. We're going to have to sort this camera out <laughs> right, within the next two weeks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's probably going to be good for this review now so you don't see the sort of associated vitriol that sort of the flecks of spit flowing from my face, flared <laughs> nostrils, um, uh, flushed cheeks, all that type of stuff. Uh, and, and when we'll start reviewing um, other albums um, that don't make me want to commit various crimes that that's going to be probably more positive to be able to see my uh, my face then. So we'll, we'll all sort it out, though. I reckon it's a very simple case of me doing something moronic with my computer. And once I, well, the moment that I just, you know, reverse that, uh, we should be sound. Well, yeah, if you're new here, it's a rare camera fault on Sam's end. I'm not so egotistical to only have the camera on me and not, <laughs> and not give it to Sam. Like, no, they should only look at me, not you. Um, I am nowhere near that egotistical. Uh, we're a rock and metal podcast. Uh, we usually come to you at least once every fortnight discussing an album that we find particularly interesting. Uh, as you will notice on today's our, uh, title of the episode, we talk about Suicide Science's new record, Remember You Must Die. Uh, the best way to support us, is by liking slash subscribing, depending on whichever service that you use. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, basically anywhere you get your podcasts, me and Sam will be there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast, or you can follow the general noise handle at Noise UK. Uh, Sam, let's get straight into this uh, record. Uh, Remember You Must Die is out on March 10th via Century Media Records. It's a Californian Death Call Legend seventh studio album and the follow-up to 2020's Be- Come the Hunter. Uh, we saw Suicide Silence Sam co headline uh, with After the Burial uh, a couple of months ago. Was it, I want to say, four months ago? I think it was right yeah. about November time. Yeah. Great evening to be had. Mm. Me and you both said uh, about Suicide Silence um, that regardless of whether you're into them or not, uh, Eddie Hamida is quite an impressive vocalist to see live effortless almost to the same extent of cj mcmahon from the artist murder just effortless performance of the trial the trials and tribulations that it would be uh, to be a death call vocalist did having seen them live create any further anticipation or interest in you going into this album because i know you've never really been massive on suicide silence to begin with um but did seeing them live create any further interest for you yeah, because it reminded me that they are an incredibly popular deathcore band, which is a which is really usually a juxtaposition in itself uh, yeah. to say popular and deathcore um, together. But um, they reminded me that the pull of of that kind of music, when when done well and written well, uh, can be incredibly impactful and can be incredibly um, impressive as a as an agent of live performance. And it was a reminder of that and a reminder that really the Suicide Silence are, are now long-time veterans um, of this genre. I'm not going to kind of... I'm not going to take the mick out of our audience 
and kind of talk at length about the self-titled album they released in 2015. It's been spoken about at insane lengths for Lord knows how long. One thing I did just want to mention is I do find Suicide Science's history quite particularly fascinating uh, because they're comfortably one of the most important extreme metal bands of the 21st century. I I listened to The Cleansing again today. It's just literally like game changers, ridiculously good deathcore album that is. And obviously that came out in 2008, I think. So a huge, huge game-changing band. And obviously that was with Mitch Looker at the forefront. And But I can't help but be curious as to what would have happened had that self-titled album they released in 2014 been better received. Because it wasn't a good album. And I, I wasn't no. a, a massive fan of the album at all. I remember reviewing it um for I forgot the site I reviewed it for now, but I, I, I was less than pleased with it. And, and I remember You Can't Stop Me being brilliant and thinking, oh my God, Suicide Science are right on the edge of something huge here. And it seemed like they kind of just crunched that up and threw it in a trash can and did something completely different, which I, I don't think worked. I am just curious what would have happened had that album been better received because I feel like Suicide Science were forced to go back to uh, their roots, which is kind of what Become the Hunter was, but it's absolutely what Remember You Must Die is remember you must die is absolutely suicide silence going back to or attempting to go back to that the cleansing and the black crown era um sam we've spoken about this anecdotally and in little fragments and i'm fairly aware of your opinion already going into this album do you before you start talking about it do you feel there's any chance of suicide science being stuck in between a rock and a hard place where they tried the expansion they tried to do something different it was very negatively received they were almost forced really to go back to uh previous deathcore tropes i'm not sure whether you know i'd love to i'd love to know from the band whether they went back willingly to previous tropes or they did feel forced and like, right, we can't do the thing that we thought might be cool. So we've got to do this thing. Do, do you feel like at the very least, the band are routine, the rock on a hard place where it's like, Hey, we tried to do the new thing. And I said, no. So I guess we've got to do the old thing. Yeah. I can understand that from a sympathetic standpoint that they are um, almost never required to try and replicate uh, what made them successful uh, 15 years ago now, which is weird to say. Um that made them so impactful at that time. Um, and I was I was incredibly critical of that 2015 record because it was dreadful. I mean, it wasn't and, very good, no. I mean, it wasn't yeah, very good. yeah. It was, you know, but so I, I don't want this to be like, well, pick a pick your poison. What do you want them to do? Do you want them to just repeat the same thing and criticise them for that? Or do you want to do the new thing and criticise them for that as well? Um, so I could understand that from a from a standpoint of putting a band in in a, in a, in a space of difficulty. Um, however, um, if this is going back to strengths, and I expect it to sound like a strength, Chris. If this is if this is this is what you're supposed to be good at, then it needs to be better than this. This is um, this sound this sounds like fine. We'll do that then as as an album, um, because. The thing is now is is that you talk about game changers. Fifteen years is a long time in metal. It is, and what is game changing two thousand eight? Absolutely isn't in two thousand twenty three. We got we got away just early today. We got away from a, a, an album review where if Periphery released P five in two thousand eight, I'm not really sure what anybody would have been about anybody would have been able to do about it yeah. uh, from a, from a, from a reviewing standpoint. Just simply because every year it seems that things move forward. Um, Chris, this is a very good band. This is like if deathcore bands wrote wrestling themes. 
this is like um, base simplicity. This is like, man, I don't want to go on a, ma a big, massive tirade because I, I don't actually think the album's actually worth my anger in that sense. But it, it's the the real the real element that I have to me is, is Chris Matt. It sounds tired. It sounds like they've just tried to do deathcore by numbers. It sounds like um, when you get a year 11 in your class and we're both English teachers to try and incorporate gothic tropes in a horror story. So the kid writes things like, and then the man bled from his face and it was very scary. And it's like, see, Sarah, I had the blood in, like you said. And it feels it feels like they've just done that for metal fans. It's like, what do metal fans like? They like it with, with, with when riffs are really simple and like big drum beats and they like it when I shout a bit. So we're gonna have a bit of that. It just feels like um like a weird like a almost like a, a parody. This um this is what people who don't like metal think metal sounds like all the time. And this is what they mock us for. Um because it does it's just grunting and riffs. And the riffs are really, really dull. And the songs don't move along. And there's no complex ideas. There's no wider theme. And it's just like, it's like two blokes uh, sitting on a park bench and one turning to another and be like, you know, it's really bad, bro. He's like, what is it, bro? It's like, the world's really bad, bro. He's like, bro, you should write that down. Oh, you know what else is really bad, bro? What, death? Death's really bad, isn't it, bro? Yeah, death's scary. Let's write that down as well. And it's just like 15 songs. <laughs> about like just the most stereotypical dirge that you would see <laughs> in shit metal. And it, <laughs> that's what it is. It's like, oh, the world's really scary. Let's say that out loud and, and then scream it again in a slightly different pitch. And then we'll repeat that same riff from earlier and hope that nobody notices. But this time we'll put a different effect on the guitar and then we'll do the same thing for the next track and the same thing and the same thing and the same thing after that. Like it's just a it's it's metal by numbers and it just feels like a band that are just like, oh, let's just put an album out so we can tour and play three songs off it. It just it's it's really uninspiring. And like I say, I was gonna I was initially gonna go on this like this is really terrible, but really, metal's moved on from suicide silence in the sense that we're not sitting here being like waiting on bated breath for what suicide silence done. Uh, and and their and their and their albums are gonna define the industry. Even even their imitation of this type of metal has been bettered several times over this year and in the years that have that have, that have followed their initial output. It's yeah, it, it's just it's not great. It's incredibly disappointing. And honestly, like I listened to it once, I didn't have to listen to it again. Third song in, I could have told you what the rest of it sounded like. I mean, just for the listener who hasn't got the album yet. Um, Remember You Must Die is actually a two-part song because obviously the message didn't need to sink in just the once. But songs like Capable of Violence, Fucked for Life, Kill Forever, God Be Damned. It's like they're all they're all songs that are like written taken from like the pages of like the 15-year-old's maths book and they're just scrawled at the back and things they'd write on their own wrist. Or what somebody thinks metal should sound like because he saw somebody with like um with like a bracelet with spikes on and that and that's what metal sounds like. It's just the most stereotypically um like just generic metal stuff. It it's almost like a metal band was written by AI or Chat GP has written a metal album, and they're like, "This is what metal's like, right?" And it's just aping all of these uh, tropes and stereotypes. And that was me not ranting about it, Chris. So I'll leave that there. <clears throat> well, there's parts of me that understands your viewpoint. <laughs> okay, but 
But on the other hand, okay, so if I said to yeah, you, sure. right, who, who, are the, who are the big hitters in Deathcore at the minute? Lorna Shaw, yep. Brand of Sacrifice. Yep. Are the two that I immediately think of that are pushing uh, Deathcore forward at the moment. But those bands use a lot of synth and electronica. Sam, you're not telling me that you want Suicide Silence to use synth and electronica, are you? Only because you know they can't. Well, no, but well, I'm not sure it's about the idea of they can't, Sam. It, I think it's more so the the idea of really Suicide Silence, one of the few bands left in the left in the space who sound like a late 2000s, early 2020s death to early 2010s deathcore band, and there is still a clamouring for that because Whitechapel have gone to a more bro- to a, a more broad sound. The artist Murder are probably close to a death metal a band in in these from the last two albums and obviously bands like Lorna Shaw Brand of Sacrifice they're going down the kind of synth like and I, and I love those two bands by the way but symphonic electronic route sort of to prevail a kind of like a, a band in and of the self mental cruelty they're also going down now the electronic symphonic side it, 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 I'm not really sure where, where Suicide Science could have gone here, apart from the fact of being like, well, we know that we've got an audience that still clamours for and loves that late 2000s, early 2010s death call. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you 12 songs of it. And and I think, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, this is a, this is a bad death call album. I think this is a predictable, it's a predictable death call album. But for me here, there was... As, as a huge fan of Deathcore, there was still lots to enjoy. I'm not going to be listening to this album again in six months' time and still talking about it because, as you've mentioned, it, it is it is somewhat forgettable. But the song um, particularly that I thought of in terms of, you know what, Suicide Science are filling the gap here, is effed for life because it's got that slow, hard punch of a guitar that kind of bursts out the gate and... It fills that void of there's not an incredible amount of technicality there. It's just unlet bloodletting, or a kind of un, uh, unleashed bloodletting, I should say. Um, and Eddie Hamoida, he has got uh, quite a. I mean, he has got an intensely powerful uh, voice. I mean, I really liked him in All Shall Perish, and I, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever heard Eddie Hamoida uh, do a, a vocal record with the exception of Suicide Silence, is self-titled that I haven't enjoyed. And his vocals on uh, the final song, uh, "Full Void," is the one song on the album that does go for something a little bit different because it's got that kind of mellow, slow-picked guitar to open. Uh, there's a really nice double-time rhythm riff uh, that gets propped up by like a really nice little lead run by Mark Halem. Uh, there's a nice bit of <laughs> quote-unquote for deathcore uh, melody. And Full Void is by far the most interesting armor on the album. There's an extended intr- instrumental that works quite well, and you, you're constantly waiting for Eddie to burst back in. It kind of builds up that anticipation. I think that Full Void, for, for those that are listening, they're thinking maybe they'll be do at least something different. You should head straight to Full Void. Full Void gives is quite a, an interesting, an interesting uh, three or four minutes. And the rest of it, Sam, I do see what you're saying. The, the the album does kind of uh, blend into one huge blast beat <laughs> rhythm uh, mixed up with guitars and violence. But that's, that's what, that was what late 2000s and late 2010s Deathcore was, Sam. Like if you go back and listen to the early Whitechapel albums, they sound a lot like this. So I'm, I'm not sure whether you've just completely moved on from 
the late 2000s deathcore, where they actually never really liked it that much anyway, with the exception of The Artist Murder. Maybe the latter is more accurate, possibly. Mm. Obviously, you can tell me what you like more than I can tell you. Um, but I think this very much fits into late 2000s, early 2010s deathcore. So if you if you don't like this, maybe you, you're less of a fan of that than I thought you were. Possibly. Possibly. I just think it's... I think it's just a cheap imitation of that, though. Like, I, I understand what you were saying earlier when you talked about uh, these. this is where the deathcore landscape is. I just... I refuse to believe there's a need that's actually been satisfied by this record to the <clears> level <throat> that if you need a deathcore record that you'd be listening to this and like, yeah, that's cool. I don't... I, that that's that's good enough for me. I think there are I think there are better offerings for this type of music now, even in this style, because even I'm not saying that I I need to listen to deathcore and I'm like criticizing it for not being prog. That's not what I'm doing. I I I I, I just think that even in the annals of what good deathcore is, I don't think it fits that either. I think it just imitates what the band thinks its fans want right now. And it just, it sounds like the album was written in about an hour and a half. It just, it just sounds so overtly simplistic. And at least before when you had uh, um, late 2010s, sorry, early, late 2008, nines, if that, late aughts, early 2010s, that's the right um, moniker for it, I think. They actually sounded like um, the ingenuity and the aggression was really, really there. And I'm not saying that um, I was expecting it to be sort of complicated and massively filled with transgressions and all this type of stuff i'm not looking for that um if you want to go for simple and hard then cool let's go for simple and hard but i just i don't think it's good at that either i i, I just think i think it's dull chris and um i think that the like the, there isn't there isn't like um not sort of melody there isn't like a hook or a really great breakdown um here that makes me sort of change my viewpoint at all and i think that if we're lowering the lowering the um lowering the standard to to find things to compromise and find things to to promote where we say things like this is interesting or phrases like this is slightly different then that kind of answers the question here that this was outdated the moment that produced it and it's it kind of feels like just an imitation of what has happened before and doesn't feel like a particularly good one um I think it's a, I don't know, man. Like, like you could push me to say, right? Is it a solid deathcore record? Fine. Um, I just think that there are deathcore bands now that are doing better versions of this because it, it feels like, at least with those bands, that it's genuine and raw and energetic. I don't really feel like that here. It, it, it the decisions that they make are like identical almost every time in these songs. The blueprint is identical. Um, the the the. And even the tempos they choose are identical. There's, they have the they have that kind of sixteenth note kind of kind of kind of rhythm, and then they break it up with like a breakdown that's simplistic, and then there's like a drive-in kind of four to the floor style one that gets in every so often, and that's kind of like the three gears that this album seems to have, with occasional clean guitar, and then we'll pause for a guttural, and it sort of kicks back in again. It just Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm looking at this and I'm and I'm seeing it as overly simplistic, and that's like a criticism. But if you're a metal fan um, of a certain disposition, then that's exactly what you want. In the same way that me and you are massive doom metal fans, but there are people that really like doom metal, and they're like, "Bro, I'm not listening to a doom record looking for like complexity. I enjoy that it's heavy and dark and swings its weight around. That's fine. That's fine. I just think that 
even within the ramifications and barriers and boundaries of its own genre, it's bad at that. Like, I don't think it's a good... If you're like, I needed like 2000s, early 2010s vibe, metal, uh, deathcore record, I think there are other albums that would do a better job than this. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious as to if we had a parallel universe, what your thoughts on this would be if it came out in 2015, if this followed You Can't Stop Me and mm. the Lorna Shaw brand of sacrifice movement of deathcore hadn't happened yet. But obviously that's completely fictitious. And he said we should focus on the here and now. The truth is, Sam, that this album continuously tries to sell you the same pony. But just, but I find what the various means, the various means they go about in terms of the salesmanship of the pony. I think <laughs> is still, I think it's still fun to hear for me. I don't think this is a great album. I think this is good. I like it. It's it's not an album that I'm gonna listen to on a regular basis. I think that Suicide Science were put in a position. And we were speaking at the start of the podcast, they're in a position where they, they couldn't stick where they were, so they had to go backwards. And back is 2008 to 2012. And this is not better than The Cleansing. It's not as good as The Black Crown. It's not as good as You Can't Stop Me. So the, the, I, I'm not saying it's up there with either of those three records. You Can't Stop Me is a brilliant record. It was a great introduction for Eddie. This album isn't as good. It does sound a little bit tired. It's predictable. All right. um, but Can for I... me, I... I Silence fans, I feel like this isn't going to be the kind of album where they get where criticised by by the fan base. I, I think this is going to be an album that will be pretty well received, not massively, but mm -hmm. pretty well received. All right, so I, I, I'll let it to let it to Paul Harrison. I'm just just generally, um, I don't want to get into like a well, actually, that's like a death metal like. Just to let me to generally, so let's look at bands in their ilk. Last yeah. releases, let's just ask you. Would you take this Suicide Silence album over the last X album? I'm going to put the band in the X, okay? Right. Like, not exact, not always exact contemporaries. I'm not asking about Bring Me or anything like that, but I'm just trying yeah. to fit in the general role. Okay. Um, is this is this better than the last Carnifex record? I think it's probably as good as. I'm not a massive Carnifex fan. I think it's probably as good as. Better than the last Shadow of Intent record? No. Better than the last Slaughter to Prevail record? No. Better than the last despised icon icon record. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I think despised icon suck, man. That, I don't Fair enough. Despised icon. Fit for fit for an autopsy. Uh, no, fit for an autopsy. Are a fantastic deathcore band. Born of Osiris. Their last album was really good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would take Born of Osiris over over uh, over this. And then after that, we're getting into like you know bands that are very clearly different genres. But like even a well, I'd also yeah, if you think about cognitive and Osiris. I'd also take those. Over so this as well. Even even among contemporaries of bands that have released, this isn't the argument against longevity because uh, Cannibal Corpse again. If you want to go death metal and and widen it a little bit, Cannibal Corpse great. Um, loads of other veteran bands that we've reviewed recently. In Flames, fucking hell. In Flames have been around for thirty years, nearly. Their last record yeah. was really really good. At least it sounded like they actually liked the music they were writing and playing. Um, I don't think that's the case for this one. Um. And then after that, we're getting into bands that I would just be asking you opinions on that I haven't really, really heard. Um, yeah. But but generally speaking, it's it's not great in comparison to what modern metal's doing right now. It's not great in comparison to some of its peers. What are we doing here? 
I feel like it's a, I, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's an album that fills a position in in the deathcore marketplace, and that's um, the compliment you're giving it. It's it's the auxiliary right back of the deathcore scene. <laughs> but but the thing is, Suicide Silence. That, I mean, they are they are kind of legendary a legendary outfit in deathcore. I know that is kind of mm-hmm. no deathcore is is almost in compared to the ocean that is alternative oh, music. Deathcore is a, is a pond. Deathcore is a pond. But within that pond, Suicide Silence are the whales kind of taking up ninety percent of that water space. My metaphors here. Uh, suicide Silence <laughs> are the whales taking. Taking up ninety percent of that water space, uh, they they have they are whales in ponds. Noise twenty twenty three. They are just Brendan Fraser and, and, and suicide silence hanging out next to each other. They're an integral part of the existence of Deathcore, like they really are in terms of the growth of it. Um, and <clears throat> of course, Eddie isn't Mitch Looker, so you know the cleansing was. Out to out to the question. I don't want to sit into the cleansing two point Obviously, they couldn't. They wouldn't do that because that'd be kind of disrespectful to Mitch. And uh, nor would I want to sit into the Black Crown two point for the same reasons. I was kind of hoping for a "You Can't Stop Me," which is a great deathcore album. And this is kind of if you can't stop me, we're going to give a hundred percent to this. Is this is sixty five percent of "You Can't Stop Me"? This album yeah. is plenty of hard punching. Uh, gruesome riffs with gutturals from Eddie, some nice drum fills from the new drummer. Uh, what was his name? Was drummer, Ernie Iniguez. Uh, some nice fills from him. Some some really nice lead and rhythm guitar sessions from Mark Haylam and Chris Garza. This this is just you know your pretty standard decent uh, deathcore album. Uh, I think you've gone in really really hard on it because you I, i'm the bigger of the deathcore fans out of the two of us and i find this just fun to listen to because it's yeah. just absurdly over the top and as i met and that kind of illusion i made earlier the way they try and sell the pony I, I find it quite fun and again when we saw them live we weren't blowing away but it was fun and we were like oh, that's brutal and like giving ourselves a stink face and that kind of stuff so there's there's still a space of suicide silence, and at the very least, this album continues that space. And I suppose if you offered that to the band as they started writing and say, "Yeah, you know what? Just give us something to continue the space," because it, it really we want people to turn up live because that's where we make our money with our with the merch sales and stuff. And we know if we we know if we get them in the building, they'll have fun because they're a deathcore fan. Why wouldn't they have fun listening to us? One of the providers of deathcore. Yeah, fair um, enough. I mean, I, I will say it's better than the last two Amuel records. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's considerably it better than anything you've given me or ever done. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair to it. There we go. You can put that on the front of the label. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I think we've got any further to go here on this Suicide Silence <laughs> album. Um, if you are listening, thank you very much for doing so. If you're a Suicide Silence fan, Sam said sorry, uh, but I, I think <laughs> you. <laughs> I said uh, no if- such thing. <laughs> uh, to, to be crystal clear on my view uh, it's a good deathcore album and nothing more this album will eat will become quickly quickly forgettable uh, for me um Thank you very much for listening. But a reminder, Remember You Must Die is out on March 10th via Century Media Records. Uh, the best way to support the Noise Podcast is by subscribing on YouTube or liking slash following, depending on the other service that you are using. Uh, we will be back at the very least in a week or so's time. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Uh, we will see you soon. We love you. Bye. Bye.